Welcome all of our campuses right now to the sixth week of our series entitled, Is This the End? Come on, let's just welcome all those that are watching right now, those watching online as well. We're so honored to have you. So we are in a seven-week series on the book of Revelation. I'm going to be finishing up next week. You do not want to miss the grand finale. If you weren't here last week, we talked about the tribulation. Today, I want to talk to you about the coming king, the coming king. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Revelation chapter 19 and 20. John is writing this book as he's on the Greek Isle of Patmos, and he's getting a revelation from the Lord. Now, since chapter 4 all the way to the end, 22, it's all things to come. He's getting a revelation from Jesus about things to come. And this week, this week, John has a picture into the future of what is called the Millennial Kingdom. The Millennial Kingdom. I want to talk to you today about what the Bible teaches about the Millennial Kingdom. I believe there's a day coming when Jesus will return to the earth and will rule the earth on a throne in Jerusalem for a thousand years. The word millennial or millennium means a thousand. Millennial reign is the thousand year reign of Christ on the earth. Speaking of the Lord's return in the end times, I thought it would be appropriate before we finish the series to bring back Reverend Boudreaux, the pastor of the Baptist Church. And Reverend Thibodeau is the pastor of the local Pentecostal church. They were friends. And uh, these two Cajun pastors were standing by on a road, pounding a sign into the ground, as good pastors would do. They care about the community, the people in it. And they're pounding a sign in the ground that read this. Here's what the sign actually read. The end is near. Turn yourself round before it's too late. As a car passed by, speeding passed by, they yelled out of the window, this car, you religious nuts. Down the road, they heard screeching tires and a big splash. <laughs> Reverend Butcho turns to Reverend Thibodeau and says, Do you think next time the sign should simply read, The bridge is out? <laughs> Don't mess with Cajun pastors. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. How many of you guys have been enjoying this series? You guys been enjoying this? Has this been helping y'all? I know it's a lot on Sunday morning. Sometimes pastors will do this like a special Wednesday night. Special Sunday night, come learn the book of Revelation or a Sunday school class. And I've done it one other time six, seven years ago. I just thought, man, Sunday morning, seven weeks. But I actually could have done about ten weeks. So I'm kind of squeezing it down. But I'm going to ask you guys one more time to look at our screen. We're going to look at our chart. If you were not here the last five weeks, my question is, where have you been? No, just joking. <laughs> but you can download all of my notes every week. All of my messages, if you get Church of the King app, all of my scriptures, the message notes, and these charts, all right? So it's all there. For, I've been doing that for years. Uh, it's on version as well. So let me just pull up the chart again. Let me show you where we are, and then I believe that we'll pick up again uh, talking about the Millennial Kingdom. So I believe that we're right now in the church timeline. Uh, since Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out, the church began. The New Testament church began. So we are right here living in what's called the church age, the age of grace. I believe the next 
big event on God's prophetic time clock is the rapture. I believe in a rapture. Uh, I don't want to go back and reteach it. That was week, actually, one, two, and three. The Bible talks about that. What is the rapture? It is different than the second coming, by the way. I placed this seven years apart from the second coming. We're going to talk about this today. The rapture is when Christ, when Jesus returns, but not all the way to the earth. He comes, Paul talks about it real clear, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there's a trumpet, there's a great sound, and the church shall be raptured. Where does the word rapture, pastor's word rapture in the Bible? Well, the word harpazo, which means caught up, is the Greek word. The first language the Greek was translated from was Latin, and the word rapt, R-A-P-T, raptur, is actually the Latin word translated the Greek word rapture. So it all means caught up. Everybody say caught up. So the church is caught up. And the Bible talks about the dead in Christ shall rise first. I talked about the resurrection of the just, how our bodies, those that have gone on before the Lord, those that have died, that knew Christ, all right? Their souls are in heaven. Their bodies are rejoined at this moment. Again, I taught all of that week one, week two. You can go back and get the notes. But those that are alive, those that are alive during the time when the rapture takes place, their bodies will be transformed from corruptible to incorruptible in a twinkling of an eye. Paul talks about that. All right, so Corinthians as well. So then the rapture takes place. Then it begins the tribulation period. The tribulation is seven years long. I believe in a literal seven-year tribulation. But there's a distinction between the first three and a half years and the second three and a half years. What happens to the church? So there's three storylines that I talked about. This is all recap from the last couple weeks. The storyline of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Where are believers during the tribulation? I personally believe, because I believe the scripture teaches that, that we are in heaven experiencing what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, in the scripture, Jesus is called, watch this, the bridegroom. We are called the bride. Isn't that interesting? That's what we're called. And it's a picture of of a Jewish feast. By the way, I don't have time to reteach it. Seven day feast, seven year feast here in heaven, all right? And it's interesting as this marriage supper of the Lamb takes place, there's also, I talked about the second storyline of the throne room, there are three distinct judgments that come. First, the seal judgments, first three and a half years of the tribulation. And then last week I talked about the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments. How many of y'all are grateful that we're out of the tribulation now in this message? You know what I'm saying? That was heavy stuff. I get it. All right, I know. All right, now watch this. Remember what I said, the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not the devil. The Antichrist is a real human being inspired by the devil, a political leader. The book of Revelation talks about two beasts. One beast is the Antichrist, and the other beast is a false religious leader. Two beasts. All right, watch this. The very beginning of the tribulation, the Antichrist cuts a deal for Israel and in the Middle East, and he's a tremendous negotiator, but he's demonically influenced. Watch what happens. The third temple is rebuilt. The first temple, the first Jewish temple, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, ultimately 586, the Babylonians. Then it was rebuilt. Second temple, that was destroyed 70 AD. We talked about that last week. So now, in Jerusalem, they're living in this tension between the destruction of the second temple and the creation of the third temple. The problem is there's a Muslim mosque 
right in the place where they would like to build the temple. That's where the Antichrist comes in. Cuts a peace deal. And somehow cuts a peace deal where Israel's able to build this third temple right here. Right, boom, right where the current temple mount is. The Jewish people begin the Levitical system again where they start sacrificing sheep, lambs right here. It's that point at the three and a half year mark, this is important, where the mask is taken off and the Antichrist, remember initially he's a man of peace because the world's in chaos. But the three and a half mark, the mask is taken off and the Bible calls it, Daniel calls it, the abomination of desolation. Jesus in Mark chapter 14 calls it the abomination of desolation. Several points throughout the Bible. What is the abomination of desolation? It's where the Antichrist goes in. He literally goes into the temple and declares himself to be God. That kick starts what's called the great tribulation. Trumpet judgments. Seal judgment. Very bad on the earth. So heaven, marriage of a lamb. Throne, judgments coming forth. Earth, Peace, relative peace, and then absolute onslaught. At the end of this, the kings of the earth, the kings of the south, the king of the south brings his army to, to Israel. Megiddo, we're talking about the battle of Armageddon here, stay with me. In the valley where the ancient city called Megiddo, Armageddon, Armageddon. So the king of the south comes, the king of the north, the king of the east comes, and the king of the west. Who does the Bible say is the king of the west? The Antichrist. By the way, the Antichrist. Pastor Steve, is the Antichrist alive today? I don't know, but I can tell you what the Bible says. He comes from the west. Not from the east. Not from the south. Not from the north. From the west. That's what the Bible says. They all gather, the, the king of the south, north, and east gather together close to Jerusalem, north of Jerusalem, in this big valley, and it's the battle of Armageddon. So that's a big, big battle. The Lord returns there on a horse, white horse, destroys the armies there, actually comes to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem and sets up his earthly kingdom right here. I believe, let me go on record, I believe in a literal, physical, thousand-year reign of Christ in Jerusalem. By the way, that's why the enemy, the Antichrist, the counterfeit, the Antichrist, I don't know if the Antichrist is alive, but the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well in the earth. We can see that. Anything that's Antichrist. So he's the false Christ. Boom. Watch this. So Jesus comes and sets up his earthly realm and his earthly rule in Jerusalem with his saints, by the way. Those that have died in the Lord come back with him or those that were martyred for Christ in the tribulation. They didn't take the mark of the beast, 666. All right. This begins what's called the millennial. Everybody say millennial. From the word millennium, which means a thousand. So it's a thousand year reign of Christ. That's what we're going to talk about today. The thousand year reign of Christ here. There's one final battle here. And then the next week, new heavens and the new earth. All right. Now, the question is why? By the way, don't get freaked out. Guys, if you're called the bride of Christ, it's okay. And I know people go, oh, well, I'm the bride of Christ. Because in Galatians, Paul calls the ladies sons of God and kings at times. So it's all, anyway, so point is, I don't know why that added. But anyway, I was just looking at the word bride of Christ here in my notes. Um, question is why? Well, why? Why the millennial kingdom? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push your thinking today. Why the millennial kingdom? 
I mean, why not just second coming, sets up heaven on earth, that's it. Why another battle? Why, why that? Why? Now remember this. This is important in the millennial kingdom. Satan, the beast, the first beast, the two beasts, the false prophet and the Antichrist are thrown into the abyss. Watch this. During the millennial kingdom, Satan, for a thousand years, is locked up in the abyss. The Bible talks about it. I'm going to show you in just a moment. But then he's released for a short while, the Bible says, to deceive the nations one more time. There's a big battle, and then he's cast into the lake of fire. But why all that? Like, why not just end the thing now? Why the millennial kingdom? Why is he released? Why is there one last battle? And I want to submit to you today that I believe the reason why the millennial kingdom is important is because the millennial kingdom gives the believer today a picture of in fullness of what we can actually experience now in part. Listen to me closely. I'm going to say it again. The millennial kingdom is a picture in fullness. In a sense, it's a picture of the Christian life. That the devil, watch this, this is important. It's a picture in fullness. We rule and reign with Christ. The enemy is ultimately bound. What we can experience now is we rule and reign with Christ, not over people like the millennial kingdom, but over, over demonic spirits and over sin. And watch this, and this is important, don't miss this. And although we can't bind the enemy off the earth like he is in the millennial kingdom, we can bind him off of our lives in the here and now. So the millennial kingdom is a picture of fullness of what we can experience in part. Does that make sense? And my point is this. We still deal with the devil now, right? We still deal with sin now. But can I tell you something? You can be a kingdom man now. You can be a kingdom woman now. You can have a kingdom family now. You don't have to wait till the millennial kingdom. You can experience. But Jesus said it this way. Let thy kingdom what? Say it. Come. Let thy will be what? done. So in other words, the kingdom of God is breaking into this earth realm. The difference between what we have now and then is we still have a devil to contend with and sin to grapple with. So you got to see this. But it doesn't mean that kingdom authority is not available now. This is very important. So let me give you three things. You guys ready to learn today, everybody? All right, here we go. So, I want to go on record one more time because I know people will email me about this. I want to be clear. I do believe in a physical, literal, thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth with his, with his children, saints, sons and daughters of God. I believe that. But I also believe it's a picture of fullness that we can experience in part today. Let me give you the three things. Here we go. Three aspects of millennial king. This could build your faith today. It's going to build your faith today. If you don't walk out of service today with your faith, right, you know, just right, arisen in your heart. This is, faith comes by hearing. When you hear the Bible, faith comes into your heart. By the way, how does doubt come? When you hear the opinions of people that don't have a biblical perspective. That's how doubt comes. Faith comes from the word. Doubt comes from the world. Boy, that was good. That was an extra this morning. I thought I'd just throw that out. All right, here we go. I just got to get into it. Here we go. Number one, I've been waiting all week for this. The millennial kingdom is a time of peace. Revelation chapter 20, it's all in the Bible. Verse one to three. Then I saw an angel. So John, here it is, two more chapters left. 
He's on the Isle of Patmos, and Jesus opens up his eyes, and here's what he sees. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Watch this. And he, here it is, laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more. When you see nations deceive, when you see world leaders deceive, why? Because Satan deceives nations. That's his only weapon today is deception. That's why we need to know the truth of God's word. The antidote to deception is truth. And he set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. And after these things, he must be released for a little while. The reason this peaceful reign is possible is found right before our eyes, right here in the scripture. During the thousand years, Satan is bound with chains and he's thrown into the abyss. And so the people of the earth are not going to be deceived. Let me just tell you something. Don't misunderstand this. The problems in your life is because there is a demonic, there is a spiritual realm that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. We don't believe it's, you know, mythological, and we believe there's a real devil. We believe there's real minions, his demon spirits. Where do they come from? We read about that in Isaiah and Ezekiel. A third of the angels rebelled against God, and they followed Lucifer, the archangel. Where do they go? To the earth. There's real demon spirits on the earth. Now, you don't have to be scared. The, the book of Revelation actually is a book of hope because we can have authority, not in heaven, but in the here and now, over the demonic power in our life. That we can have hope. And we have. A, you're going to see that in just a moment. And the Christian life is a life not of defeat, but of victory in the here and now. So, Satan is placed under arrest. And a list of crimes are as follows. It's actually his names. He is the dragon set out to destroy God's people. He's the serpent of old who brought sin and sickness and pain and death into the world when he tempted Adam and Eve. From the very beginning in the garden, hath God said. What was his intention? His intention was to get Adam and Eve to what? Doubt God's word. That's deception. To deceive them. Ah, God really didn't say that. Ah, go ahead, eat the thing. That's not that big of a deal. Deception. He is called Satan and the devil, which means adversary. Your adversary is not God. God is for you. Don't get the price tag switch. God is a good God. The devil's a bad devil. Don't forget that. What a sobering reality. Don't lose sight of this, that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, with Satan imprisoned and unable to spread chaos, the earth experiences, watch this, for a thousand years... A relative time of peace. Maybe you've read in your Bible before, you've read and you thought, is this heaven? What is this? Is a millennial reign? Watch what earth looks like with the devil bound and have no influence in the created order or in the minds of people. Here it is. Isaiah chapter 11. This is a picture of the millennial kingdom, which happens for a millennium, a thousand years. Here it is. Isaiah 11 verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and, and the fatling together. And the, the little child shall lead them. How could that be possible today? Millennial kingdom it is. 
The cow and the, and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. How, how could that be possible? It couldn't be possible today. Because there's, there's the, the, the created order is broken. It's fractured. There's a real devil. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all the holy mountain. For the earth shall be filled of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We see a time of harmonious peace during the millennial kingdom. The first Adam, the first Adam dropped the ball. Boom, creation cracked. The second Adam, Jesus, watch this, died on the cross, was buried and rose again and set in the stage all of what we're now seeing, not only in our lives as we're saved, but also creation is coming back into line of God's original intent. We see a foretaste of that in the millennial kingdom that ultimately is expressed in fullness in the new heavens and the new earth. Let me give you some good news, bad news. All right, here's the good news. <clears throat> good news. In the millennial kingdom, watch this. In the millennial kingdom, there is no death, sin, and Satan. Everybody say, good news. And the reason why is because he's bound. Everybody say good news. Now let me give you the bad news. We don't live in the millennial kingdom yet, and Satan's not bound globally speaking. Everybody say bad news. Now everybody say good news. You can bind him off of your life personally in the here and now. Everybody say good news. <clears throat> Remember what I said the millennial kingdom is a picture of what we see in fullness there, but we can experience in part now. God himself binds the devil for a thousand years in chains. But the Bible says in the here and now, not in heaven one day, not in the millennial kingdom, but in the here and now, believers in Jesus have the authority of Christ to bind the devil, not off the globe, but off their life. You have to see this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, this is where your faith is going to start rising. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, Paul says, be strong in the what? Say it, the Lord. Not your own strength. Not because you're an Enneagram A. Not because you're a type A personality. Not because you linguistically know words and you can speak fast and you're a great negotiator. But because you're in Christ, you have the authority of Christ over the works of darkness in your life today. That's what the Bible says. You're strong in God. You and I, as followers of Jesus, have the authority of Christ now in our lives. Not someday, not one day, but now. No, we cannot bind the devil off the globe. That's God's job. But we can bind the devil off our life. That's our job under the authority of Christ. The Bible says in Matthew chapter, it's a pastor, this is new. Well, it's in the Bible. That's why you come to church to learn the Bible. Matthew chapter 18, 18, assuredly I say to you, whatever you, come on, this is going to get so clear. Whatever you, everybody say it, bind what? What's that say? What's that word at the count of three? One, two, three, say it. Bind. Where? On where? Not in heaven one day, but on earth. Whatever you bind. God binds the devil in the millennial kingdom. You bind the devil in the here and now off your life in the name of Jesus. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let me just say this. The word bind, you can look this up later. It actually means this. It means to fasten with chains, 
Watch this. And it also means this. This is so good. It means this. It means to drive out that which is illegitimate. To prohibit that which is. Let me tell you something. When the devil tries to move in your family, in your marriage, in your mind, those spirits of fear and, and, and all those, and that anxiety and all that, that's illegitimate attack. The enemy's trying to attack you. Listen, the Bible says that we can bind the devil. We can prohibit. We can, in other words, we can draw a bloodline around our lives, around our home. No, I can't drive the devil off the globe, but I can drive the devil off my life. Uh, are you with me? You can prohibit. In other words, it actually means fasten with chains. That's why I said the millennium is a picture. God fastens the devil with chains and drives him off the globe. But we can fasten him, spiritually speaking, with chains and drive him off of our lives in the here and now. The Christian life is, should be a life of victory. It doesn't mean we don't go through trials. But we don't have to be bound by the enemy. We don't have to be bound by addiction. We don't have to be bound by lust. We don't have to be bound by fear. But we can drive that off of our lives in Christ's name. Is your faith coming alive? Can you feel it? Can you sense it? God's, God's, God's faith. I want everybody to declare this. Say, I can, in the name of Jesus, bind the devil off my life. That means to prohibit that which is illegitimate. Wow. By the way, that's why you need to make, care, make sure that unforgiveness and bitterness isn't a part of your life. Because when you have unforgiveness and bitterness, it actually legitimizes the attack of the enemy in your life. In other words, you open the door of the enemy. Ooh, that was heavy, Pastor. Yeah. Just let that feel that. Number two, here we go. The millennial kingdom is a time of Christ's earthly rule and ours. Let's pull our chart back up if we can. So what happens here? Jesus comes all the way back to the earth, sets up his literal, physical throne in Jerusalem, and he rules. Watch this. Watch this. He rules with his children. That's you and I. Now, we have our glorified bodies. We rule and reign under his authority. By the way, this is important. When you receive Christ, two things happen. What did Adam and Eve do? When Adam sinned and disobeyed God, they lost their relationship with God and they lost their rulership under God. When you receive Christ, guess what you receive? You receive your relationship back with God and you also receive your authority under God. Not over God, not alongside, but under God. This is important. This is where this really manifests. You begin to see this in a big way. Spiritually speaking, we rule and reign with Christ now under him. We will literally rule in the millennial kingdom, but we spiritually rule and reign right now. Who do we rule over? Not over people, but over sin and Satan in the here and now. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. John said, I saw thrones. So three points today. Number one, the first one is the millennial kingdom is a time of peace. Number two, the millennial kingdom is a time of Christ's earthly rule and ours. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus 
for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Again, I believe the church is raptured, but there are people that realize they missed it in the tribulation. Those that do not follow the Antichrist, those that do not receive the mark of the beast, they are martyred for their faith. And they come back with us, ruling and reigning with Christ during this period of time. The book of Revelation as well, as in other places in scripture, promised this moment time and again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. Listen to what Jesus said. to the, By the way, the church at Thyatira. We read about this week two, the seven churches of Asia Minor. Turkey today. Listen to what he said. Revelation 2, 26. And he who overcomes... And keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power over the nations. When's that going to happen? I don't have power over the nation now. That's not going to be in heaven one day. That's the millennial kingdom. Luke chapter 22 verse 28. And you, but you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I will bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed upon one. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You got to see this. In the millennial kingdom, chart please, in the millennial kingdom, you and I actually rule over the nations under the authority of Christ. Now, we, we actually rule over people then, but now we don't rule over people. We rule over demonic principalities and powers. We rule over spirits of wickedness in dark places. We rule over sin and circumstances influenced by the devil. The millennial kingdom is a picture of fullness of what we can experience in part. So, what am I teaching you? Number one, you and I cannot bind the devil off the earth like it will be the millennial kingdom, but we can bind him off of our life. We can prohibit his illegitimate actions in our life and our family. Number two, you and I do not rule and reign over people like we will in the millennial kingdom, but we do rule and reign over sin and, watch this, over, over Satan and over circumstances influenced by the devil. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, listen to this. Let these words just, let them just fill your heart with faith. I'm telling you, I, I don't know how people live on this earth without a biblical worldview and without walking with Jesus. I, I don't know how they do it. Well, they're not doing it well, I'll say that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, listen to what Paul said. Paul said this, when you come to Christ, he said, you've raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. This is not the millennial kingdom. This is not in heaven. As a believer in Jesus, you've been raised up. Everybody say raised up. Listen, spiritually speaking, you've been raised up from the dead. Spiritually, you were dead before Christ. You trusted Christ. You've been raised up, and you actually sit in heavenly places. What does that mean? Spiritually speaking, you and I, listen, we look down on sin and Satan, and we have authority over it. We're seated, we're seated in heavenly places. The Christian life is not a life of defeat. It's a life of overcoming. What do you overcome? Those things that come. When attacks of the enemy come, you overcome it. You overcome it. You overcome Satan. How? By the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. You overcome circumstances influenced by the demonic. Now, sometimes God puts circumstances in your life to protect you. He closes the door because he's got a bigger thing open for you. But we don't have authority over that. But we have authority over demonic circumstances that are influenced by the enemy. 
Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. And there he made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. When does that happen? Not, yes, millennial kingdom. A literal reign, and obviously in heaven forever and ever, but in the here and now. Spiritually speaking, a follower of Jesus. I'm not talking about taking over political governments. and, and taking. I'm talking about spiritually speaking in the here and now. You and I actually are a kingdom of priests unto God now. You and I are to rule and reign in Christ now. We're seated in heavenly places now. John said it. Paul said it. When you come into a relationship with Christ at the fall, Adam lost. What did he lose? He lost his relationship. Adam and Eve lost their relationship with God, and they lost their rulership under God. What happens when you come to Christ? Your relationship with God is restored, and your rulership under God is restored. So, what have we learned so far? Number one, that in the millennial kingdom, God himself binds Satan for a thousand years. But in the here and now, we can't bind Satan off of the globe, but we can bind Satan off of our lives. We can prohibit his illegitimate actions in our life, and we can bind him, spiritually speaking, with chains. Take your hands off of God's property. I've been purchased with a price. I've been purchased with a price. I belong. A lot of my prayer life when I walk, Pastor, do you ever, ever pray this? I pray it all the time. I can walk, listen, and my wife and I pray. We can walk into, I can walk into a room. I can walk into situations. How many of you know, and you, you agree with me if you're a follower of Jesus, and you can feel the demonic. It's demons. You can see it in the lives of a kid. You can see that. You can feel it. You can feel it when that demon spirit's trying to come into your marriage. It's like, this doesn't even make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. You can feel it at night when all of a sudden you have an irrational fear pattern that just your thoughts and your mind is just being pounded over and over. And you can feel physiologically your heart start beating. It's like, time out. This is demonic. I'm going to tell you what's happening. It's Ephesians 6. Fiery darts from the wicked one are hitting your thought process that are affecting your emotions that are trying to get into your heart. You've got to stand up as a follower of Christ and say this, say, devil, take your hands off of God's property. I've been purchased with a price, the blood of Christ. I don't belong to myself. I belong to God. This is illegitimate territory you're in. The millennial kingdom is a picture in fullness, what we get to experience in part. No, I can't bind the devil off the globe, but I'll bind him off of my life. Number two, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ now. You have the authority of Christ now, not when you get to heaven one day. Not in the millennial kingdom, in the here and now. In the here and now, you can stand. In the here and now that you can walk. You've got to understand that. Number three. All right. Third and last thing. I've had people ask me questions about Gog and Magog. Pastor, there's different battles in the book of Revelation. Where do these battles take place? If you show the chart one more time, i got one final point. This is going to really help you guys. Remember, there's a big battle here. The battle of Armageddon. Armageddon. All right, armies of the earth come together, Antichrist is destroyed, fire comes down from heaven, Jesus returns on the white horse, powerful, sets up his throne, this is the battle, I see the battle of Armageddon right here, I see the Gog and Magog actually right here, after the millennial kingdom, it's the final battle, now I'm going to read some scriptures, I'm going to interpret what I'm seeing, and then I'm going to give you some application, I think this is important about the power of choice. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, last point, the final millennial kingdom, the millennial kingdom ends with one final battle. Remember next week, new heavens and a new earth. 
All right, here it is. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. Watch how this starts coming together. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Let me pause for a second. Even though we cannot drive the devil off of the globe personally, bind him off our lives, I do believe that we can pray for leaders of nations for their eyes to be opened. And I think that our prayers influence nations as we pray, and, and we particularly as you collectively come together as a church. So I'm not underselling the power of corporate prayer and intercessory prayer over the nations of the earth. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. Here it is, final battle. Whose number as is the sand of the sea, they went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city, Jerusalem. Pastor, why is this little piece of land such a big deal? Why are geopolitically? Why are people... By the way, if you've ever been to Israel, you can drive up and down in one day. Easy. No problem. Small. And yet for generations, thousands, thousands of years, there's, there's all these armies and all this battle and all this stuff because it all begins in that region and it all ends right here. The beloved city, Jerusalem, the city of peace. And the fire, here it is, they went up on the, on, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. Here it is, the nations of the earth, one last time. They're surrounding that city. Here it is again. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil, here it is, who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Remember those two guys, two beasts? And they will be tormented day and night forever. All right, let me unpack this for a moment. I got three or four minutes and we're done. First, we see the end of the millennial reign. Satan is released from prison, but only for a little while. Satan is released. He deceives the nations. All restraints, watch this, are cast off. This is a moment where Satan, chart please, one last time, one last time, he's released. We saw a picture of earth. Without the enemy's influence. Remember, we can, in the here and now, where we are, bind them off of our lives. God ultimately binds them off the earth there. And then there's one last time he's released. And now all of a sudden, remember, there's been no battle for a thousand years. There's no military armies. There's none of this for a thousand years. But now the enemy, watch this, he's released one last time to deceive the nations. Notice who he doesn't deceive. He doesn't deceive Christians that are ruling and reigning with Christ. He deceives those that were born in the millennial period. Watch this. In the millennial period that never had the opportunity to choose Christ. Listen to me closely. Love is not love unless there's a choice. The reason why this is important the reason why Satan is released one last time is because all those that were born in the millennial kingdom, people will be born then. We're ruling and reigning with Christ over the nations of the earth. Watch this. Those people have never had an opportunity to receive or to reject Christ. 
One last time, Satan is released. Why? It's actually an act of love. To show, watch this, there's a choice. And the last choice is, are you going to fall for the deception of the enemy and follow him? Or are you going to choose to follow Christ? So the people of the earth that were born during the millennial period have one last opportunity to be deceived or to follow truth. And let me tell you something. Some ultimately are deceived and some reject that. Wow. Final battle. They come, the nations of the earth. Watch this. And the fire of God comes down. Now, let me just say why this is so important. Why is the millennial kingdom important? Number one, it gives us a picture of what God does in fullness. He binds the enemy. We can do it part now. We bind it off of our lives. Number two, why is the millennial kingdom important? Number one, it shows us how we can bind the devil off of our lives. But also, what we rule and reign with Christ over people in the millennial kingdom, we can rule and reign with Christ over sin, over Satan, and over circumstances influenced by the enemy. But number three, the millennial kingdom says this, that God is a God of love, and he always gives human beings a choice. We're not robots. And you have a choice today. And I have a choice today. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. Choose life. I've set before you death and life. I've said before you, the Bible's always given mankind. God has not made us robots. He's made us free moral agents that can choose Christ or reject Christ. They can choose life or choose death. They can choose Christ or can choose to follow sin and self and ultimately Satan. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm not a robot. I'm grateful that I have a choice. Everybody say, I have a choice. Let me end with this. Have you chosen to follow Christ? I'm asking every location, those that are joining us online, have you chosen to follow Jesus? God's not going to make you follow him, but you've got a choice. Just like those at the end of the millennial kingdom, you have a choice today. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. With every person with their heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just gonna, I've got one minute. I'm just going to ask you this question. Do you know Christ? Have you come to a point in your life where you say, Pastor, I, I've confessed Christ as my Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. You and I have a choice to choose life or to choose death, to choose to follow Christ or to choose to follow ourselves or culture or just the ways of the world. I don't want one person to leave any of our campuses today, any of our locations or those that are watching online. I don't want one person to miss this opportunity. Do you know Christ? This is a moment. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. In just a moment, with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask with a show of hands, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me. I'm not talking about joining a church today. I'm talking about choosing to surrender your heart to Jesus. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before him? At the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and make me new. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can say, God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you and you. God bless all of you up top. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my friend. Anybody else, pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am, as well. God bless you right here. Anybody else, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, sir. Wow, that's awesome. God bless you up top, sir. Way up top. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ right now. Can we, can we do that at all of our locations? 
I'm going to ask all of us as believers to pray with those that are trusting Jesus right now. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit, the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Man, if you're here today and you're making that decision to follow Christ for the first time, we just want to take a second and say congratulations and celebrate you. That's a huge deal. The Bible says that you're made new, that you're washed clean, that you're put into a new family. And I just want to tell you right now, right where you're at, you are not alone. We're right there with you in this moment. And your first step right here, right now is to let somebody know. Yeah, and right now there's going to be a link in the chat and on the screen. Click that link. This is going to give you all the resources you need to walk out this new life with Christ. And again, congratulations. We are so excited for you. We're standing with you. And join us again next week for the end of our sermon series entitled, Is This the End? You do not want to miss it. Bring a friend. So we will see you here next week. Same time, same place. We love you guys. Have a great week.